What is up, everybody? It is a rational Tuesday. On Crossing Broadcast, uh, it is I, Kevin Kincaid. Usually Kyle Pagan uh, begins the show, as you know, but Kyle Pagan. I've always wanted to say this, too. Kyle Pagan is on assignment uh, right now. He was uh, out at Media Day doing a man on the street or a man man in the arena, man talking to people out there. So so he flew back on a uh, red eye with Craig uh, overnight. So it's me running the show today, but I have a uh, partner who is uh, deputizing for Pig, and it's Bob Wankel. Joining the I just had a uh, very large coffee, so I'm ready to go. I'm going to bring the energy. I know that you're saying it's a rational Tuesday. I'm here to be a little bit irrational. Yeah. Um, I a lot of t- lot to talk about, man. I know usually guys only dust me off for Philly stuff, but you know I, I think I can bring something to the table today. <laughs> well, well, it should never be that way anyway. It's not just like we go to to Bob when we want to talk, uh, you know, Phillies or when we want to talk uh, gambling or whatever. Like this, this was supposed to be a flagship when we re- when we relaunched this thing and rebranded this thing. It was supposed to be a. Uh, flagship show for the network so everybody was to be invited on right it was supposed to be like bob you know aunt san francisco coggin would would come on right you know so it was never meant to be like oh pagan's not here now i need you or the phillies are here we don't know shit about baseball so now i need you so um but it is a bob appearance therefore the television is on uh tell us what you've got on tv right now i've been watching uh, nfl network basically just non-stop for this dude always with the TV on. I think it looks yeah. professional. I think it makes me look like I'm big time media, you know, always learning, always have some information in the background. Yeah. Uh, dude, I got to be honest with you. Uh, I'm doing this to myself, but like the Super Bowl storyline build up stuff, like I'm yeah. at capacity for this. And, You're at capacity for it. You yeah, can't take no more. Yeah. It's my fault, right? Like I've got NFL Network on. I'm looking at ESPN. I got Twitter going, but like I'm already at just like, let's kick the ball off and go. Like I'm there on Tuesday. <laughs> so you're so you're not even. So here's the funny thing, man, because I feel like like you got the two weeks leading up to this, and you know the whole first week is like, you know, you're you're celebrating the Niners win, and you got butt hurt, you know, um, Dallas fans, and then everybody's complaining. We get like a week out of that. It's fine, right? Like I'm not going to start to break down like the offensive line play between the Chiefs and the Eagles, like the Monday after they beat the 49ers, right? So I try to stretch it out and do you know, that do that in the second week. But um, it got so bad that I just went on the Twitter account for, for CB like on Sunday. And I was like, editorial, no, man, we're not doing any more like complaining Niners fans. We're not doing any more complaining Chris Sims shit. We're not doing, you know, this guy has a take about this. Like I'm trying to focus it on the, on the game this week, but I'm at, I'm at capacity too already. It's not even, it's well, what is it? 1205 on a Tuesday. I'm, done with the Kelsey stuff. I'm done with the Andy Reid stuff. I'm done with the whatever. Like I'm just, I'm you know what it is though, man? Like, and I, you and I were talking a little bit about this, but just to kind of like uh, unpack it a little bit. I, I feel like people are obsessed with the, the Chris Sims stuff and the Brandon Ayuk stuff and the, what's his name? Julian love on the giants. Yeah. I clipped that last week on good morning football I feel like the, the the Eagles are good and everyone knows they're good and they're the betting favorite. And I feel like we don't know. And, and like you wrote a little bit about this too, I know. But like, yeah. I feel like we don't know how to act like the favorite. Like we're supposed to show up and do it. And it's a kind of knock on like the fans because we've been programmed for so long to expect the worst, to fall short to watch something go wrong at the absolute worst time. And you go through that for decades and you sort of always expect that other shoe to drop. But now like here, you're in a situation where like, yeah, all those things could go wrong and it could hurt like hell come Sunday night. But like yeah. the team should win. They better win. You know, they, they could win again next year. Like there is a small possibility that the Eagles become this team that is there on a consistent basis. Like they're on the brink of going here, two championships in what a five, six year span. Like, yeah, we have to sort of recalibrate our mentality. I think in the city, if that happens, that like you're not the underdog. You, you know, you don't always have to punch up. Like people are going to start punching up. <laughs> <at you. laughs> They're never Philly fans aren't used to this. They're never in this situation, so they only really know how to play the underdog card, and so they find themselves in a weird position. But uh, you know, let's not beat around the bush. Let's bring on our uh, today's guest uh, for the program. He can speak to this as well. Whoops, I accidentally added and then removed him. 
It's Jason Martinez, everybody. What's Quickest up? Quickest hook I ever got. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry. That was, I think we did a double click there. I think Craig is our producer. I think he added you, and then I think I removed you. But uh, you're, you're, you're here with us. Thanks for jumping on. So you are a good, you're a good uh, guest on a rational Tuesday because you bring the rational talk to the uh, Stick to Hockey podcast. Ah, geez, with Harry Mays, Flyers pre intermission and post game. Flyers daily. I'm trying to do this off the top of my head. What else did I miss? Did I get them all? Well, coming up, stick to F1. I'll be back when the Formula One season comes at the end of the month. F1. You're a racing guy too. Yeah, I do. I do a Formula One podcast with Anthony Mangione okay. from Center Ice Magazine and uh, Off the Post Podcast. So yeah, it's like nonstop on demand content coming from the home studio, which yeah. is also my apartment basically at this point. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Now, now let's we will continue our Eagles conversation momentarily here. But first, um, yes, we have two metalheads on the program right now. Um, how many Pantera shows are you going to this summer? I'll probably just go to the one that's coming with. I guess it's Lamb of God, and I'll probably just go to that one. I, I, I'm going to be 51 next month. So, like, Pantera <laughs> shows are getting tough, right? Yeah, but you're in the demo, man. You probably got to see them in their prime, man. I, was I like, did. Well, I was, like, nine years old when Cowboys from Hell came out, so I can't. First time I saw them was 94 in a Far Beyond Driven tour at the Trocadero. Yeah, see, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. I, see, I didn't yeah. have this luxury, man. I was born 10 years too late, you know? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like a, uh, I'm a, I'm a Gen X trapped in, like, a millennial body. Yeah. You know? So uh, I didn't, get to, see, I didn't see, get to see Iron Maiden and Judas Priest until their reunion tours. Yes, yeah, like, yeah, I saw Maiden for the first time with Ingve Malmsteen on the Somewhere in Time tour in 1986. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I saw Metallica, the first time I saw Metallica, they opened for Ozzy. Yeah, and who retired for like the third time last week? Yeah, Tom Brady and Ozzy Osbourne, by the way, <clears throat> both retiring for the second time or the or the third. Well, well Ozzy, the Ozzy retirement time. sucks tour when he came back and toured with Corn in '94. I want to say. Yeah, I still have that shirt where he's got like the dove in his hand, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I got lucky because I got to, you know, when Pantera was coming up, I was doing a metal show when I was doing rock radio in State College, and I got to know those guys because I would play their stuff before they like really hit it big. Yeah, yeah. So I got that's why I got the. I don't know if you can see. Let me see if I can move my camera. I see an acoustic back there. Well, there's a bunch. Is that a, a is that a Gibson? There's the oh, dime bag. There it is. Yeah, the Dean. Yeah, the yeah. yeah, that's actually a Washburn. He gave that to me when he was with oh, Washburn, Washburn before oh, he went Washburn. back to Dean. Not Jim and, Washburn, just Washburn guitars. Right? Washburn guitars. Yep. Yeah. And not um, the wide nine. Yeah. And that thing, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that is actually signed by Dime as well. Oh, so man, man. Yeah. Well, listen, so you've seen him before. I have not. I was thinking, I was trying to think, let, let me throw an exercise to the group here. What's the best show to go to? Would you go to a Wednesday in Camden, a Friday at MetLife, a Saturday in Hershey, or a Sunday in Scranton? Sunday, uh, the Hershey show. The Hershey Saturday. show on a Saturday. Saturday in Hershey. Saturday in Hershey. We, we Would I be a degenerate if I, went, if I took four days off and left my wife with the kids and saw Pantera four days in a row? You wouldn't survive. I probably wouldn't survive. No, I, barely, I barely, I barely got out of the Slipknot mosh pit at Ozfest 2001. So, but that's uh, yeah. that's a <laughs> story that's for the first time. One. Alex is right. We got to do a metal podcast at, at, at some point together. We have enough media members, Philly sports media members, by the way, to start a band. Uh, oh, absolutely. Jason, Jason plays guitar. I play drums and guitar and whatever. Maybe we get like Greg Orlandini to uh, play the bass or something like that. Bass players or. They're bass you roadies. Need, anyway. You need a guitar player, just somebody who plays guitar, just to hold a pick and strum a bass. So all yeah. I think about as I'm listening to you guys talk is like how one dimensional I am. Like <laughs> if if it's not sports, I just like my eyes just like they go. Like, I, I bring nothing. Over. I bring yeah. nothing to the table besides sports. It's pathetic, really. Yeah. I need a little bit more diversity, a little bit more culture in my. <laughs> in my uh, hobbies i think well it's a niche thing i wouldn't expect you to be like a death metal guy bob that's all right i think jason what, what do i strike you as like if i'm not a death metal guy like what am i coming across as um retro r&b retro, <laughs> retro yeah. is that a thing is that a category yeah, retro r&b you look like one of those guys bob is just like i listen to everything i'm a little know? bit like that which again i think proves the point that i have like no backbone like i have no like I'm just like yeah yeah like I like that I like how that sounds I'll listen to it you know yeah, I could sure totally I was, see him at a, at a Zach Brown concert. No, I, I mean uh, no no I, I'll tell you what like I, like Foo Fighters is like the band that every time they come through like I go see them but like I feel like some people kind of roll their eyes at that like 
Why? That's was, a good band. I was a, a pop punk guy, like in the like early two thousands. Like I liked all the you know all those like the Blink one eighty twos of the world. Like that was what I grew it's up. All right, with. man. I don't see. I listen to all kinds of stuff. I was like that idiot in high. I went through a phase in high school where I only showed up wearing black t shirts every single day, and I was like, "Your music sucks. Mine's the best." And I actually picked up a guitar and I started playing guitar. And I was like, "Oh, I know like what it actually takes to do this kind of stuff." So then you expand your horizons, then you grow up, and you stop being a dickhead, and you're like, "It doesn't matter if this guy listens to Dave Matthews." But like, what, what am I trying to prove by wearing like a black Opeth t shirt to school? Yeah, I think my first concert was like three eleven in like nineteen ninety seven. I think I went to three eleven with my We all had up. we all had we all had the album, man. We all had that stuff. So those That's are simple times, man. Yeah. Simple times. Um all right, so we're gonna start the metal the uh Philadelphia media band at some point. Um but as uh as they say in radio, let's get it back. Uh, let's get it back to the Eagles here. Um you heard what Bob was talking about, Jason. Like, do we do we like do do Philadelphia sports fans just have a problem being good and mm-hmm. like like understanding how to be good and like understanding that hey like you know okay you're at the top here like you're not the underdog like you're a damn good team like everybody's going to be out to get you well there's two, there's like different eras right because in the early 80s they the teams were good you know Flyers win the cup in 76 they go to another cup they lose they go to another cup in 80 and they lose to the Islanders who win four straight all four teams go to a final Phillies win the World Series in 1980. They go back to the World Series in 83. You know, the Eagles are the first team to lose to a wild card team in the Raiders. But then, you know, you have the the dry period, the 25 years, the 100 seasons of sport with no championship. So that, you know, that became the identity, like the lovable loser. And it's it's a lot easier for Philadelphia sports fans, I think, to be comfortable in that skin than being in the skin of we're good because the country loves to shit on us. And the reason why the country loves to shit on us is because we react to it, especially in this, you know, ultra media, you know, phase of technology with Twitter and instant analysis and all that. And we instantly react. So you know what the world's about. It's about having some hot take that people react to. So we give them what they want. And I don't know that we're able to stop it. We have an inferiority complex geographically because we're between DC and New York city. And we've just got this mentality of we're the lovable loser. And it's, it is uncomfortable skin when you're the favorite and you're the really good team. Cause like Bob said too, I mean, they won a super bowl in 2018, the 2017 season, but the 20 in 2018, that's five years ago. That's not that long ago. The Phillies went to the world series. The Sixers haven't gotten out of the second round because that's stupid process, but you know, we're not used to being in this position, and I think it's a weird place. You know, we're conditioned on so many levels in this city. The other one that we're really conditioned on is that whenever there's a big-name player available in any sport, we have to go get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, everybody writes the damn thing. It's like, you, you know, player X got released by Team Y. You know, it's like yeah. the, the, immediately the headline. It's like, we make fun of this at Crossing Broad. I do, like, the snarky headlines. Like, oh, um you know, uh, pick a freaking uh, Ky- uh, Tyreek Hill got released. So should the Eagles sign him? You know, yep. you write like three bullets. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, I mean, you do it every time. It's like bread and butter. Well, but, you know, like, it's I- interesting. Like I- I'm 37 years old and, you know, Jason, you talked about this, this dead period, this hundred season dry spell. Like, I mean, yeah. I grew up in that. Um, and, and just for extra generation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm writing the, the wheelhouse of that. Right. Mm-hmm. So 93 Phillies. They were an underdog. Don't, don't win it. And, you know, don't win the World but Series. But you love 08, them, right? Yeah, like 08, I guess. I, I think the Rays were actually favored in that series. Phillies end up winning it. The Eagles, obviously, an underdog in 17, win it. Every time that the a Philly team has reached a championship stage, they've sort of been – they're not the betting favorite. This time, however, and I know it's not substantial, but they are the betting favorite. And somebody was asking me, you know, what do I think is going to happen? And I said, I – I can't believe I'm saying this, but like, I think the Eagles are better on both sides. I think that they're the better team. I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. And I almost felt uncomfortable just giving that opinion. You know, like, I almost felt like full of myself, but for saying, like, yeah, I got the Eagles, you know, not like a, well, if these 17 things all fall right, maybe they'll win. I was just like, no, they're, they're going to win the game. And it feels like out of character. It feels strange to feel feels confident. It's really about weird it. to say yeah. that. Yeah, it does. Well, that's a self protection mechanism. You know, you, you think they're because anytime they were favorites in 1980 against the Raiders, the Eagles were a favorite and they lost. So that's where this 
self-protection mechanism started to kick in. The Flyers in 97 against Detroit got swept. They were a huge favorite in that series. And it's like anytime you expect your team to win it, we've got all this from Dream Team with all those players they acquired. And, you know, when they drafted Embiid and, oh, we got Ben and Embiid and the whole thing, you know, the (laughs) bully ball, you know, all the shit. And they always lost. So anytime we heaped expectations of and pronounced greatness, we had our hearts broken. I mean, it's the it's the O2 Eagles. I mean, that was it for me. Yeah. I know everyone always references, you know, Rondé Barber, game at the vet. But, I mean, that was that was a, just a kill shot for people my age. Yeah, but here's the, here's the thing, man, right? Because Kelsey comes out and adopts, like, the no one likes us, we don't care thing, right? Which you know, the sons of Ben were saying that. They borrowed it from a team in England, a uh, soccer team in England. Nobody likes us. We don't care. Is straight up bullshit. It's like it's like like demonstra- demonstrably false because the, the people can't help. Like to your point, man, they, they can't help but respond to that. You know. And I sit here thinking, I'm like, okay, editorially from like running a, a sports site perspective, like it does it like make sense for us to every time some dipshit says something about Jalen Hurts, do we got to put it on the website? But I mean, for me, the philosophy was always like. Uh, you know, look at how much of an idiot this guy is, right? And then you, like, point out, like, who the fraud, hot taker, engagement people are versus, like, the real genuine media, right? And, like, sometimes I think about that because I'm like, I don't know. Is that is that true or not? Because I don't, I don't think you can take – I don't think Chris Sims takes, like, a glut of people thinking he's an idiot and, like, cashes that in to something. Like, you can fish for engagement. You can get a lot of people talking about you. But you can't always take people talking about you and convert that into some kind of currency, you know what yeah, I'm saying? I've always said like attention is not really currency. Okay, you got a bunch of people talking about you, but does that mean they read something on Crossing Bar? It's like, oh, now I'm going to listen to the Chris Sims podcast because I want to see what happens next. Like for the most part, I think that's like isolated to Twitter clips and stuff that makes it onto YouTube and whatever. So I, I don't know. It's kind of like a. I've just always found that interesting. You know? I, I agree with you. I don't think it does any. I don't think it's like some kind of call to action to go listen to the Chris Sims podcast or you know. Or, the guys, you know, the usual culprits like Nick Wright. I'm not going to go watch FS1 and watch that chinless bastard Nick Wright because he <laughs> criticized another eagle. Like, I don't yeah. care. Oh, I can't wait to see what he says next. You yeah, know, like, I, I've but, never thought that. I've just thought, like, oh, this guy's a dipshit. Yeah. So you sit down in a production meeting and you say, okay, I'm going to, you know – come up with this artificial take because I know that it's going mm-hmm. to drive everyone nuts. They're going to retweet it, you know, a thousand times over. It's going to end up on every sports blog and I'm going to be a talking, a, a talking point today. Like, okay. So if, if they go into those, like there has to be a reason to do this, right? I mean, like you said it, they know that we're going to take it and run with it. They know that we're going to blow it up, prop it up. So there has to be some end game. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm not going to go turn on their, their clicks. Twitter. So the, but the clicks in the Twitter, like, does that not build a brand? Like, it, I feel like everyone's kind of taking the cue from, you know, I, Skip Taylor is probably yeah. the most obvious example of this. But, I mean, the guy's basically built a career on just saying absurd shit. And But you have to – but then those people don't care. Those people don't care if they look like an idiot. You know, you have to have that part of you that's like, I will build a, a platform for myself and pull in all this attention, get people talking about me. But I'm okay with being a fraud. I'm okay. Well, like, with so you talking. guys are are smart, right? And this is a rational Tuesday and everything. So it you is. can sit there and kind of compartmentalize those things. You know, the thing I always say, like when I talk about working from home and watching these shows during the day, like the first takes and whatever the hell the FS1 show is called, like people are watching this stuff. Yes, like because no. they keep they keep. <laughs> They keep making these shows like someone's got to be watching this shit, right? Like, what is the audience? What's the target demographic, the target audience for this type of content? Because they're making it. Yeah, I think it. I mean, if you look at Richard Deitch's Twitter, he puts out the ratings like Paw Patrol beats like that that <laughs> Skip Bayless show with Shannon Sharp every day. So it's not not many people are watching. Like, I don't even know. Paw Patrol is a good show, though, man. Like, Paw Patrol has saved my ass many times because when the kids have a meltdown, I just like put them in front of the TV and and you know go to YouTube or whatever. But see, see, that's what our band should do. Our metal, our media metal band <laughs> should cover metal versions of kids show songs. Like, it'd be like Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol. I could do every Guppies cover right. I could do every Bubble Guppies song off the off the top of my head. Speaking of which, by we'll the way, do, we'll do some cool. wiggles. <laughs> yeah, the wiggles, right? Oh my god. Yeah. Well, I, as a quick tangent here, I tried to get um, Eric Rutan on the show. Eric is the guitar player for Cannibal Corpse, 
mm-hmm. and was a morbid angel back then. He's a massive Philadelphia Eagles fan. Massive oh, really? Philadelphia Eagles fan. After they won, won it all in 2018, he did a death metal cover of Fly Eagles. Fly, where he just added like, bla- like gravity <laughs> blasters. It was like, <laughs> 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 yeah, it was good. So I'm trying, oh, I was trying to get him on the show, but he's like, sorry, I'm on tour with Cannibal Corpse right now, so I can't. Uh, can't do it. Um, so segueing from goofy shit to goofy shit, you see like the clips of media night, like on Twitter and whatnot. And like, you've been in radio for forever and media for forever. What, what do you, what do you make of, uh, what do you make of media night in 2023? It's just stupid. It's just, it's not serious, but it's the Super Bowl comes with turf, right? Because the Super Bowl brings in all the fringe. Th- these aren't, the Super Bowl's not for, the people that go the shot and beer guys that go to the local bar every day. The Super Bowl is the early bird special and the two for one drink night and dollar ticket night at players and state college. That's what it is to get everybody into the party. So you got to be goofy with all this other stuff to bring them in. Hence the Super Bowl halftime show with some big musical artists, all that stuff. So the Super Bowl is, is it's so big because it's got so much mass appeal and it's become a national holiday. The fact that the Super Bowl is played and the next day is not a day off of work is still ridiculous. You can just because you call it Super Bowl Sunday doesn't mean you have to have it on a Sunday. Have the damn thing on a Saturday. Can, can yeah. we it's a good like, take. A, yeah. apply logic here? Like you should not have Eagle fans after if they win should not be out on Broad Street till 3 a.m. and then have to call their boss or wake up and go to work the next day because you're going to have no productivity at all. Yeah, that's a, that's a big debate around uh, like in South Jersey where I'm at. Some districts are, are delaying school that Monday by two hours saying, like, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, what if they like, lose Gloucester City's doing it. I, I guess it's like take two hours and get your shit together and get over it and come back to work. I, I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, they're, they're giving days off for less, man. You know, in Boyertown, we used to get off for the first day of hunting season. Yeah. Like, they give you that Monday. I don't know what. It was like Monday after Thanksgiving or something like that. I'd be like, oh, it's hunting season in Berks County. You know, Harry would appreciate that one. I'll have to send that clip to We him. get off for muzzleloader season. <laughs> yeah, we got off for like, so we can go oh, climbing our deer, our, our tree First stand. day of bow. Sit there for four hours and not see a friggin' deer for like the entire day, you know. Yeah, I think, you we have hang a, out in a tree stand and hit your one-hitter. Yeah, we have a hunting camp in the family. I I never go up. My dad was not a hunter, but the, everybody else, my uncles were. So they'd go up to like state college. And I swear they went up to like uh, hunting camp and went hunting five years in a row. And didn't see one single deer. No, like, they're not the there to see a deer. They're there to get away <laughs> from everybody. <laughs> but, to, but, to, no, but to Bob's point, man, it's funny because like, you know, when the college football schedule is over, they start moving NFL up. So they start playing games on Saturdays. So why can't you have a why can't Super Bowl why can't it be Super Bowl Saturday? You know, it Simple. it's yeah. called Super Bowl Sunday, and the, and <laughs> you know they, they won't change it for some reason. Just just change it to Saturday, or make it on President's Day weekend where you have the Monday off already. So you know what the thing is, it's like we, you know, it's it's people go and they see these clips of like this guy asking Nick Sirianni if this is a must win game, right? That guy Dave has been doing that for like ten years now. It's like his gag bit or whatever. We had uh, Pagan was out there. That's why he's not on the show today because he was out there. Like they'll credential anybody for this thing, but it's like mm-hmm. in like a big celebratory like <laughs> welcome. Yeah, welcome don't, to this. I'm not saying this about Kyle, but yeah. uh, they'll credential any donkey media six across yeah. the globe. Yeah, yeah, but it's not, but right, so Pagan, we didn't send Pagan out there to do, like, to get, like, you know, to show all 22 film to Juju Smith-Schuster on his phone and get, like, some, like, in-depth stuff. It's like a welcome, whatever, goofy, celebratory kind of thing, but it just felt, like, weird watching it last night because, first of all, they changed it around. Like, it used to be on, like, the Tuesday, right? And now Mm -hmm. it's on a Monday, and you had, like, fans sitting in the seats and stuff like that, and Michael Irvin is, like, uncomfortably standing behind, like, Nick Sirianni, like, holding a microphone, like, from behind him because they had no other way to frame the shot. And something about it just felt, like, different to me. It it felt, like, weird because there was, like, fans there, and there's people, like, reaching and stuff. I I don't know. I, I, I did enough of that, like, locker rooms and scrums and in the field stuff that I'm happy to just be sitting on my ass in Lansdale right now. Like I did enough of that for a lifetime, but I don't know, like really, I don't know. It seems like just something you do media night. Like it's not, nobody's asking any hard questions or whatever. It's just like, Hey, let's, we're kicking off the week. Have uh, have either of you ever been out there for a radio row stuff the week leading up? I mean, yeah, I'm sure Jason has. Yeah. 
Is there value in that, or is it just kind of like we're here and we get to say that we're on the scene, and, and that's really all there is I to mean, it? Stations from across the country go when their team's not even in it to go on Radio Road just to sit there and get all the interviews with, you know, philosophically, sports radio is different all over the country on what they want to do, right? From from an interviewing guest standpoint, you know, on the East Coast, there's a lot of phone calls. As you migrate to the West Coast, there's less and less phone calls that are taken from, you know, Murray and Mayfair. Let me just make that point real quick. Sorry to interrupt, but like Mm -hmm. um, Northeast of the United States is very like, you know, we're going to take listener phone calls and that's how we do sports radio. You go other places in the country, it's it's nothing like that at all. None. Yeah, they won't take any. Um, And it's very guest dependent and expert analysis on, you know, as a guest. So, but like out there, you know, everybody, all these guys are, are hawking, you know, Hey, I'm here for Old Spice, and but you know they talk football for seven minutes, and they hawk whole Old Spice for three minutes. So it's it's this way. So guys go out there because they got nothing. They got no other content at this time. So go out. I mean, I did a couple of them. You know, when the Eagles were in it, it's I what I actually didn't do that one. We weren't in Minnesota. Harry and I, we had people out there, but yeah. Harry and I were at the home base. Um, but I've I've done them, and we did it in New York, and. Yeah, I mean, there's some decent stuff like, you know, Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad will stop by. What's up, bitch? You know, that whole thing. But like, <laughs> I mean, it's like, what else are you going to do? No, it's no. just funny because I sit there and think, you know, this is like seven or not seven years ago. It was five years ago when the Eagles did the last one. And I ended up doing a story on Crossing Broad because Josh Innes was there with like his Houston radio station. And he got mm-hmm. into an argument with some other Houston dipshit. And oh, I'm sitting yeah, there thinking, like, why, like, why are these guys here in the first place? But But from an NFL perspective. It makes a lot of sense because it's like everybody's talking about you. So let's invite everybody in and let's like like corner the market and control this entire thing. But yeah, it just seems a little I mean, Bruno's been going forever. Yeah, and Tony's he's there, there again right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's fine. He's you know what, man? He's he's almost like grandfathered into that as like a national mm-hmm. name or whatever. I don't yeah. need like a Chiefs Eagles Super Bowl and have like you know, Johnny and Bobby from 570 AM dipshit radio from Tampa, like at, at media day. Cause like, what do you, you don't have anything to do, to, to yeah. do with this. You yeah, know what what, I mean? What's the Denver afternoon show doing here? <laughs> you know, yeah. like I I don't mean, know. I your don't team see- blows, you're not allowed yeah. to be here. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems like, um, it just seems kind of strange to me. Um, what are your thoughts on the game, man? I mean, like what's like when I, when I say Super Bowl, do you like, what's, what's, what's comes to your mind to the forefront? I mean, I, I look at it just from, you know, an analytical standpoint. I think the Eagles are the better team, but the X factor is obviously Mahomes and his health and what he's able going to be able to do and, and how Jalen Hurts reacts on this stage, how Nick Sirianni and Jonathan Gannon and Steichen react on this stage because this is just a whole different ball game, right? And this is one of those things where, there's a lot of guys that won a Super Bowl in that Kansas City team. There's some on the Eagles team, you know, Brandon Graham, Lane Johnson, obviously, and, you know, Jason Kelsey. Those guys have won Super Bowls. So they'll be telling the guys that haven't been there not to play the game before the game. I think that's the, probably the hardest thing for the players is you're waiting all day for this biggest moment of your life. And you can just – you can get to the actual game and have nothing left because yeah, the excitement yeah. just – you can't control it. So – I, that's the thing you just don't know about Super Bowls. So, I mean, I'm excited for it because it's it's obviously just a huge event. And when the team that, you know, is in your city is in it, it's got such just – it's just so huge. And, look, I know that if they win or if they lose, the reaction to it is going to be off the charts. So I, I don't know what's going to happen in the game. I think they're going to win the game. Uh, that's not a self-protection mechanism, but I mean, the Mahomes thing scares me. I'm like, it, it really does. I'm like, I mean, oddly, like strangely confident in this game. Yeah, I feel like I am too, but just that's that what you hear thing everyone kind of saying. And like, yeah. I, I always like to kind of go contrarian, especially when you get into betting lines and the way that the money's mm-hmm. moving. And right now, like certain books, like you look at DraftKings, I think like three quarters of the bets are on the Eagles, three quarters of the handle and the point spread are on the Eagles. Money line's a little bit more tight, even up. But I'm like, damn, like everyone kind of seems to be leaning Eagles, even from like a national focus. There's like a that's scary then. <laughs> there's this admission yeah. that, hey, yeah. you know, obviously Patrick Mahomes, kind of like what you just said, you know, Mahomes is Mahomes and, and he can do anything, but the Eagles are the better team. And I, I think it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before. It's it 
it kind of creates this like uneasiness. You're just not used to hearing that type of talk. And, and that's you're a lumpy what, chair. Like you're sitting yeah. in a lumpy chair. Like you yeah. doesn't feel caught. You're like, you're constantly fidgeting. Yeah, like, something like in a shitty off, movie, right? se- movie yeah. theater seat. The other, I mean, the other thing obviously is, is the Andy Reid thing, you know, yeah. you spent 14 years here and I think Andy Reid was a great coach. And I know Angelo is probably, I haven't listened to Angelo all week, but I'm sure he's like freak. Oh, he's a horrible human being. You know, all that stuff. It's like the Angelo. This is like the perfect, like if, if you could take two diverging, li- not diverging lines, but converging lines and like point them to an arc that leads us to like the end of Angelo's career, like the pinnacle, yeah. we've reached the apex here. Um, you couldn't write a better script. The Andy Reid, who he bitched about for four, 14 years mm-hmm. versus the Eagles in the Super. Like, you really cannot make this shit up. It's, I've, I've, tr- I've tried pre-term. not to listen to it. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like I, can't, I can't believe it, but I can believe it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is unbelievable that his last day is after the Eagles season ends and 98% of his career was predicated on the Eagles failing. Right, <laughs> Angelo's career. Yeah, and that's how we had Wing Bowl and all that stuff. Exactly. That's why Wing Bowl was there the Friday yeah. because they had nothing to celebrate. Yeah. And Wing Bowl's done. Angelo's retiring, and they're facing his biggest nemesis at Andy <laughs> the Super Bowl. Yeah. If they lose, Angelo's not going to be able to retire. I got to come back for another year. I know that's like one point eight million. Yeah, that's that would be like. Uh... Yeah, I never really thought of that. I didn't think of him not wanting to retire if they went. I, it's just funny, man. You couldn't. Yeah, you he's couldn't done. He's him. cooked. But yeah. Do you? Do you? Okay, so let me ask you. I won't keep you much longer. Let me ask you two more. Um, what do you? What do you? What do you make of of of? Um, and there's just been a lot of like movement and a lot of like interesting stuff going on in Philly radio in general. Um, what, there, what do you? What do you? What do you make of like uh, the comings and goings and you know? What's your? What's what's your? What's your? What's your? What topic do you think about the most in Philly radio? Um, I'll be honest. I don't think about a lot. I don't listen. <laughs> trying to, trying to, trying to blank it out. Yeah. And I know you wrote the piece on that one rant I had on the OG's podcast, but about, I mean, like people, Was this the one where you were talking about like, uh, um, the direction, the direction of the, of the, where they could, they decided to go phone call. Yeah. The and, fork. Yeah. And, and like some people will hear this and they'll go, Oh, you're bitter. Cause you're not in it anymore. Believe me, I'm happier than hell right now doing on-demand content. I think that's the, not, it's not the future. It's the present. Like if you look at on-demand content and what it does shows like this video streaming, live streaming without being beholden to the FCC. But I'm just so disappointed in the, the decisions that were made in the format. I thought it could have been so much more, but somewhere along the line, some of these decisions got made on, on how to do the job and how to program the job that I think that that was the, the fork in the road, and that's the thing that turned me off. And I, I thought radio, to, to maintain long-term relevance, had to have more you know, variables to it instead of predictability. But it's become so predictable with Eagles, 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 especially here in Philly. I, I don't know what it's like in other cities. I don't live in other cities, so I don't know. But here I, I'm just incredibly disappointed with the the direction that it's gone, and I think it just needs to be – you know, it needs a proper rebuild. For, How would you do that? What, what does a proper rebuild look like? I, I think, first of all, philosophically, they got to take a step back and say, okay, you know, we can't worry about every quarter hour. We have to put out good quality content that's going to grow because people, when people tune in, it can't be as soon as I tune in, I know exactly what they're talking about. And, you know, I, I know that in May – a week before the first OTAs or whatever, they're going to be talking about the Eagles when the the Phillies have a huge series against the Mets or the Sixers just got bounced in the second round of the playoffs again or something. You know, it, it just becomes so predictable with Eagles, Eagles, Eagles. And, you know, there's some talent in the city that I think could do the right kind of shows that I would be looking to listen to. I, I think the format needs to be a bit more guy talk with a sports lean than sports talk with the occasional guy talk sprinkled in. I just don't think there's a lot of a variance. And there, do you listen to the radio and hear a lot of wow moments anymore? Like where you go, ooh, that was, you know what I mean? Like no, I would grab very, that. You know, what it is, you know what it is, Jason? It's very formulaic, you know? Yeah. Like it's at some point somebody learned that if we hammer the Eagles over and over again and speak to the largest like 
you know, lowest common denominator portion of the fan mm-hmm. base that that will work. Right. Okay. And then yep. they realize that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I had the same gripe when I worked in television because these consultants would come in yep. and they'd tell the news director, Hey, do weather at the top of the show, you know, yep. because everybody likes the weather because we're in such a large market that everybody from Allentown to Cape May can relate to the weather. But if I do a city council meeting in Philadelphia, the guy in like lower Gwynedd Township might not give a shit, right? Yeah, he so they do it speaks off. to the they do it speaks to the largest person. But, but it would be frustrating me because I'm like, well, okay, you know that weather works, but how do you know that like doing this won't work? You know, but yeah. they're never willing to try that because you don't want to deviate from and, the, and, from the yeah, yeah. and to try it, yeah. you 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 gonna you're gonna dip it first. But yeah. if you stay with it, mm-hmm. eventually you win them you win them over. Yeah, this is what it are. is. It, it, like just because McDonald's sells the most cheeseburgers, does that mean it's the best fucking cheeseburger? No. no is no, is no. Domino's the best pizza? No. But I used to listen to you and Mike talk about this all the time, and it's almost like the radio chicken and the radio egg. So you could make this argument. You could say, well, we don't talk about the flyers because nobody calls in to talk about the flyers. But maybe people don't call in to talk about the flyers because they know that you're not talking about that in the first place, you know? Yeah. So it's like what what came first, right? And, Mm -hmm. yeah, the Eagles have the largest fan base here. You can talk about Donovan McNabb and Jalen Hurts and shit like that forever, and you will be successful as the rating show. You know, I'm never going to like poo poo somebody for doing something that works, but it's almost like, okay, how do you know that like expanding it to talk about everything won't work because nobody's really, they haven't been willing to try that in the first place, which is, that's always been my, if you give it a good go and you try to do a straightforward sports talk show and you talk about the Flyers and you talk about the Phillies and the Sixers and the Eagles, God forbid you have a fucking union phone call on there once every five days, Mm -hmm. like, Maybe it'll work. You know, but you, you, it's never really been tried. You know? Do you think though that the, both stations are are basically following the same playbook at this point? Is is that oh, fair yeah. to say? That, see, that's part of the problem, Bobby. Real good point. When when I first got to the fanatic, the fanatic was the anti WIP. It was totally different. But yeah. now the fanatic has become WIP, and you have two stations trying to do the same thing, and it doesn't work. You know, now it's that was the thing about the fact there was like a vibe there when I first got there. It was different. It was. It was not your dad's sports radio, but now it is. Well, so that's what I I find interesting. If you're WIP and you're in the driver's seat and you look at the ratings and you say, hey, we're blowing everybody out of the water. Do we really need to change? No. You know, I guess not. But if you're playing from behind, I don't know what's really the downside in that. Yeah. And here's the funny funny thing, too. It's like when you looked at the – I did the follow-up story to the ratings post a couple weeks ago. And, like, the share of the radio market that Philadelphia had for sports was massive. Like WIP would get like a 17 and something and Fanatic would get like a, a 25 four. share in demo, right? Yeah, but those are mass- there's enough. The, the point is that there's enough share here uh, that two stations can flourish, you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe you try doing something different and maybe you take that part of the audience because Philly and Boston had the largest portion of the, the share. Like WFAN in New York was number one across the board as well. And they beat ESPN, but the shares that they were pulling were not as high as the shares that WFAN. Yeah. yeah, so it's like there's, there's, an, there's an audience for that. So I guess that's just... But that's in England, it's about a 45 share that they're splitting crazy. They, they listen to nothing, but yeah. I mean, those guys like yeah. Felger and Maz and uh, Toucher, uh, Toucher and Ridge, they, they Ridge. do like, yeah. like massive numbers. Um, oh, let me ask you one more thing. <clears throat> Since we have you here, I got to ask you about the Flyers. Um, look, I, I don't uh, – Bob and I are peripheral guys. You know, Anthony's down there, and they do snow the goalie and all that stuff. But for me, I don't really – the only place I don't want to see them be is like – in the middle, right? Like if they were going to be crappy and tank and have a chance at Bedard, fine. And if they were going to surprise everybody and be good. Okay. And like, I'm glad the guys like Owen Tippett and Noah Cates look good. And Morgan Frost is, is, is putting points up on the board, but I, I feel like, um, I don't want them to get into like that 2007 to like 2012 Sixers like mode where you're like, just, just good enough for the eight seed, but you're not bad enough to, to have a good draft pick. And, and then kind of be stuck in there. So, you know, they're like a game below 500. I'm just curious what you, what you make of that. Yeah. I mean, like the NBA and NHL are so different in the sense that if you're an eight seed in the NBA, you aren't going anywhere. You can't win in the playoffs. We've seen eight seeds win the cup mm-hmm. in hockey. Cause the difference is the game is more for lack of a better term, like variance and just like, you know, a, a puck off yeah. the butt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know many, I mean? Right. If you went through the, if you went through and looked at how many times an eight seed has beat a one seed in the NBA versus like twice, you know, what what the jackets did, to like, yeah, what the jackets did to the Lightning not long mm-hmm. ago, and like 
the Flyers and the Canadians playing a seven eight game in the Eastern Conference mm-hmm. Finals. Like, yeah, I, I guess that probably influences decision making because, like, hey, if we get in, we feel like Kings we won as an eight seed. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, yeah. they won the cup, so I mean, you can you can win the. That's not. It's not recommended to be the eight yeah. seed and try and win the cup. Like right now, the the Penguins would be the eight seed in the East. Can they win the cup? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I don't think they can get past Boston. I don't think they have the goaltending. But to your point, you know. I'm not a tank guy because even if you have the worst record, you got an 18.5% chance, which means you got, what, uh, an 81.5% chance of not landing the top pick. And in some situations, I go, okay, not every team rebuilding or, you know, trying to get better is in the same situation. The Flyers didn't have a teardown model because you have Couturier, who unfortunately hasn't played since December of 21, um, with the dual back surgeries. Is just Ryan starting a contract. You can't just yeah, sell yeah. these guys off. Like, yeah. like the, I think like a lot of the conversation sometimes, especially on social media, is you know there's this notion that you can just get rid of guys in in the NHL. You can't, and you know there's no GM on another team that's going to go, okay, I'll take your shit and get this contract off your books. I'll do you if solid. It doesn't yeah. work that way. Yeah. It's like the the phone calls on to go back to sports radio. Hey, the, I think the Eagles should trade for Pat Mahomes and send, uh, you know, Josh Sweat. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. who's the GM over there? Helen Keller? No, no. I mean, like <laughs> you know, you know, in the NBA, they got to attach picks to that to get off of that stuff. You know, yeah. when Daryl Morey came in, he had to attach a first rounder to get rid of Al Horford. Like, they don't, people just don't take your yeah. stuff. You know, you have to don't like, take your that. mistakes, yeah. you know? What's and, your overall sense of, of where they're at right now? Is it, is it trending in the right? I, I think that this is a, a pretty divisive topic. Like some people are like the organization's a mess. It's a raging dumpster fire. Everything's mm-hmm. horrible. I won't mention any names, but one of them does work for, for this company. Um, I'll mention but, you I know, know, and then <laughs> actually, can we talk about why you hate Russ joy? Now yeah, why I, do you I hate him? Russ. I just think, <laughs> see, see I, I don't hate Russ. I actually, I think that Russ has fallen into a trap of, hot take mm. because he got he's gotten attention from it and yeah. I, I think that that's my issue with him and yeah. i think sometimes the hot take comes with a little lack of understanding on how things actually work and, and be a little he can be a little needler he can be a little like, oh, like totally, poker. Yeah. he'll, he'll and poke fine. and prod he'll keep yeah. he'll keep poking and he'll keep prodding so so, so like, then what is your like what, what's kind of your sense or your read on where they're at and, and where this thing's going now well i mean I think the you know they got 30 games left this year, so there's still some key things to be determined. A lot of guys have taken a step forward, whether it's Tippett, whether it's Konechny, you know, re getting on a path of you know, of being a really good player, not an elite player, but a really good player. Um, whether that's guys like Frost who are showing something, but you got to show it more. And while they've taken maybe two steps forward, they can't take two steps back now. So we got to see how that part plays out before you make final decisions on them. And then the big key is going to be who they determine is is part of this thing and who's not and what kind of holes that creates. And then obviously the luck of, you know, a lottery. It, if if you have a 5.5% chance and you land Bedard, it's happened. I mean, the team that finishes with the worst record in the NHL, basically about 30% of the time ends up with the top pick. Let me take you back to 2017, where the Flyers moved up from 13 to two. It took Nolan Patrick. Yeah. In what was deemed a two-player draft, Nico Heischer and Nolan Patrick, Devils moved up, I think, from five to one. And the team with the worst record in the league by, I think, 21 standings points was Colorado. They drafted fourth. They picked a guy named Kale McCarr. Yeah. The <laughs> right? Flyers, could, Flyers could have blindfolded themselves and threw a dart at that one. Nobody knew it at the time. No, I mean, I mean four, of the, four of the top five ended up being all-stars, you know. It's yep. like. So, I mean, so you never know. But, like, this draft's different because Bedard, you know, like, this guy is fucking absurd. Yeah. Like, he's not good. He is phenomenal. He, I, I'm very reticent to throw the term generational around. I am, I believe in the NHL, the only generational players in my lifetime, some people will say or, but that's a little before me, but Gretzky, Lemieux, Lindros, Ovechkin, Crosby, McDavid. That's it. You can't sit there and throw Austin Matthews. Great, not generational, you know. Superstar, not great. Superstar, not generational. Yeah. 
but Dark generational. <laughs> a lot of Scott, a lot of Scott Rollins out there in the hall of very, yeah. the hall of very good, the hall of very good. Exactly. So where they go, um, you know, you, I think it's important that Couturier plays this year so that you can see whether he can play <laughs> going into the off season. If a guy like Dylan Larkin does get to free agency, he solves a lot of your problems, brings a ton of team speed, plays center, 26 years old, going to be 27 in July. You know, you can really help yourself. They have all the pieces you need except for the high-end talent. Problem is, is that the high-end talent's the hardest piece to get. And yeah. that's where people go, well, they should have sucked this year. But if you wanted them to suck this year, Travis Konechny has got to continue to suck. Provorov's got to fall off even more. Kevin Hayes has to stink. Morgan Frost has to be a total bust. Owen Tippett has to be a bust. You have to have all the – Cam York can't progress. So if you have all that, but you have Connor Bedard, are you better off? Look at teams like Edmonton. They have the best player I've ever seen on skates in Connor McDavid. He's gonna have, he's on pace for 151 points this year. And no player's done that since, I think, Lemieux. Um, and you look at it and you go, what have they gotten out of that? They haven't won shit. They have two of the best players to ever put on skates in Dreisaitl and McDavid, and they've gotten to one conference final. They go out in like the second round. The first. Like the, like the Sixers. First round. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, And they're teetering on like not even making the playoffs at points, yeah. which is insane to me. Their power play clicks at 32%. The Flyers' power play clicks at 15.8%. Yeah. Less than half of that. Not clicking. Then, not clicking at all, really. And like look at Toronto. You have all that high-end talent, but you got no team. You have Matthews, Tavares, Marner, Nylander. They've they've not gotten out of the first round of the playoffs. You have to build a team. So if they can find a way to get high-end talent, Larkin's kind of close to that. Get some luck in the draft. Cutter Gauthier, the guy they drafted last year, could be a real good player for them. Um, they have the goalie. So the goalie's like the quarterback in football. If you don't have it, you're looking for it. So don't trade it. Um, so we'll see where it goes. But – uh, I don't think they're as bad as people think they are, um, but the the hardest part is acquiring the high end talent. And that's the thing they lack. You got to be able to chuck a guy over the boards that scares the shit out of the opponent. You don't have that. Where you go, oh fuck, he's on the ice, right? Yeah. None like when that. McDavid goes on the ice on Thursday night at Wells Fargo, yeah. you're gonna go, oh shit, oh shit. You know every like like Ovechkin still he goes on the ice, oh shit, oh shit. Crosby, same thing. You don't have one of those guys. Yeah. Well, I'll be watching them live because I'm going down there on Thursday. I'll have to uh, mm. flag you down and see. Uh, now, are go you going to be in the press box or are you going to be like there on, on pleasure trip? Probably just in the seats. I'm meeting up with uh, some people there. I have I have to receive instructions about where I'm going and what I'm doing. We're going to do some business. We're going to take care of some business down there. So you're going to get there and it's going to be like a mission, like a Mission Impossible message. It's going to self you know, destruct in 30 seconds after reading it. Like you're going to put no. on glasses and go, all yeah. right, Kevin, go section. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well what's it? 14 row seven. These yeah. glasses will self-destruct in three. Two, and then what was the one. movie with Van Damme where he was like beating the shit out of the penguins uh, mascot in like the kitchen or something. That'll be me at Wells Fargo. So only a little bit gritty. No, I'm, I'm meeting up with some, we're having some, uh, some meetings and conversations down there. So. Oh, good. Um, I just got. Yeah, uh, it's not super I, secret. It's just I don't know how to explain it on the podcast. So, so. I got this last Oh, good. Thank you, Craig, with the Q and it. Yeah, it's a yeah. Q anon me, a Q Ganon uh, meeting. I am the Q Ganon shaman, as everybody so knows. I got this last night. Yeah. It's uh, they handed this to me as I was walking out. The gritty hula. Oh shit. Oh man. Yeah. Pretty everything. Well, listen. At least we've moved past the point where people are like, "Oh, all the franchise has is gritty." And everything else they do sucks and whatever. Yeah. Like I, I don't. I, I I I love the Flyers. Man. When I was growing up, man, my dad had that shit on every single night on television. It was like must watch TV. So I'm not one of those people who's like, you know, they suck. They don't know what they're doing. But I want everybody to be good. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right, they we'll catch up with the other franchises. You know, the funny thing is on the bottom of this it says headbangers. Headbangers. Yeah, with a very metal font. How about that? All right, we'll have to look that up. It's been a very metal show, a very metal appearance. Um, we'll get that band. Oh, fucking horns. That's right. We'll get that band going, and uh, next time you come on, we'll get Russ on here, and you got you guys can talk about hockey. Oh man, I love it. That's yeah. the Dean from Hell. That's my little. I don't man. have any metal stuff up here. It's all in my basement. So maybe I got to film in my basement one of these days. Maybe I got to do a 
do a show yeah. down there. Jason Martinez, Flyers host, pre-intermission post-game, Aji's ah, podcast, Flyers Daily podcast, stick to hockey pod, stick to F1 pod as well. Okay, I think I got them all. Mm-hmm. Thanks for jumping on, man. That was fun. Anytime, boys. Bob, nice to meet you. Nice meeting you too, um, man. Good talking to you. Guys, enjoy the bowl. We will. And smoke a bowl. Go birds. Go birds. <laughs> See you, boys. See you. Oh, so, double clicked again. Right. Funny here. He actually, you know, says enjoy the bowl. So I wanted to talk to you about something as a as a fellow dad, real quick here. Mm. So you have two children. I only have one. She's a year and a half old. The last Super Bowl five years ago, pre pre children, mm. pre marriage, even I was with my wife at the time. But you know, we did the whole thing, like pounded a bunch of beers during the game, watched with a, a group of friends, a, a pretty big group, but like the right group of people, people that weren't worried about the fucking commercials and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we went out and we partied afterwards until the middle of the night. It was awesome. This year, we can't even like coordinate getting like six adults and their children in the same house because of like 6.30 bedtimes. And like, there's a real good, better than 0% chance that like I'm going to be watching this game like right there by myself on mm-hmm. Sunday night. And this yeah. is, this is problematic for me. Like I I'm still pretty social dude. Like I like to go out and like have fun. <laughs> this is like a big fucking deal. Yeah. And like pretty sure I'm going to watch this game by myself or like with my wife who is <laughs> seven and a half months pregnant and will probably be asleep in the middle of the first quarter. Yeah. So big dilemma for me. I, I I'm trying to figure it out, man. Um, Life comes at you fast, for sure. Um, I'm not a great person to ask this because I'm always writing anyway. So when the last Super Bowl came around, I was just sitting there at my kitchen watching on TV and typing. You know, I don't go to any of the celebrations. I don't do whatever because I'm throwing shit up on the website. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't go to any like of the my, games. My workflow, my workflow ends at, you know, 622 on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's that like 10 minute window before kickoff. But once that game starts, I mean, yeah. There might not be a happier guy in America than me because, like, I do all the marketing pregame stuff. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm ready for that to be over real soon. I don't. Here's the thing: I don't like watch. I don't go meet up with friends to watch it. You know, I would love to watch the Super Bowl with my dad. Right? They watch. He has this group of guys, and they go watch at some shithole bar on Swamp Pike in Gilbertsville. Right? Changed names like four times in the last four years. I'd love to go do that, but I got to have a computer there. Right. So like, do you want to watch a game with me when I'm sitting there, like, you know, typing on the com- computer? Like if I'm going to go do that, I want to be able to give myself to like, you know, friends and family to be able to watch a game. You know, I sit here, I'm like the worst person to watch a game with because I'm just constantly pausing and rewinding and looking for stuff and doing screen grabs. And so it's, it's work, you know, but I, I can, I can do it over, over there. I can go to the bar and I can hang out with them. I can drink and type at the same time. Don't tell anybody in the company that, but um yeah. You know. I actually, when I was doing my like early crossing broad blogging, I was way more interesting when I would do it after a few beers. You know, yeah. Now I understand why the painters would always get high as shit, or like they would be on like absinthe or something like that. Because I think you're more creative when you're like loopy, you know. Yeah. But we are afforded the uh, we're a sports blog. We're not the New York Times, you know. So I think we're afforded some creative. Uh, I would go down to Citizens Bank Park and I would, yeah. you know, eat my little uh, ice cream cup and and have my my press box meal, and it just wasn't <laughs> quite the same for the creative juice. Juices is like the the sick beers. No, it's very <laughs> sterile, isn't it? Yeah, you have to get like loosened up a little bit. I don't, I don't know that. I Man, I watched the, yeah, we watched the first Super Bowl, the last Super Bowl. It's me and my wife and my brother in law and um, sister in law, and the three of them sat there on the couch, and I typed, and it was pouring. You remember, it was pouring rain that night. Yeah. My house, which was only two years old at the time, started leaking fucking water. So there's water coming in through the roof. I'm like trying to do the type the Eagles Super Bowl. Like I can't deal with the leaking roof right now. So. So no, it's never really pleasure. It's just like I'm just sitting there watching. It's a pain in the ass, man, to be like, "Hey, can you uh, take the two kids over here? I'm gonna go like just type this game and and whatever." You know. Well, we like we've talked about it too. Like over the years, like you know, I'm pretty high strung. I have like a lot of a lot of energy, a lot of angst yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And with the Phillies, like I really have sort of transitioned into that. Hey, listen, I just I cover the team. Like obviously, I grew up in the area. I was a huge Phillies fan. I have Philly stuff in my basement and all that. But yeah. you know, being down there and going through the grind of it, and, and and being there on a professional basis, you lose some of that fandom. Like I'd be lying if I didn't say I wanted the Phillies to win the World Series this last October. But you know, I, I didn't feel it the way that that I would have had I not been that close to it. Like when they when they lose Game Six, I was kind of like, well, that sucks. But you know, like yeah. immediately over it. I have not been able to detach myself from football. And so much so that people are like, well, you know, 
um, if you could shake loose and just go watch it with a group of people, would you do that? And I was like, I don't know, because like, I, I don't necessarily want to watch a game in a house with like 12 kids. Like I'm a psycho. <laughs> when someone messes up. I want to yell, what the fuck was that? And like, I've never, I, I like, but then at the same time, I, I realized how embarrassing that is because like, is the the preferred way to watch the game be in the basement by yourself cursing and being miserable for three hours and then they win it and you turn around yeah. and say like i'm not oh. an adult i'm not mature enough to have done this in a public setting yeah who are you high five and there's nobody to celebrate yeah, you go back so, and rejoin the same people you know? i don't know i got a lot of stuff to figure out between now and sunday night but it's amazing yeah. like you get in your mid-30s you have kids you have families your friends have families and the stuff that used to be like easy to do in five minutes like yo you want to go watch a game cool like where are we going let's go yeah. the so hardest like, thing the hardest thing about two having weeks of planning like i no. i've planned more to not have a super bowl plan right now than yeah. i did for my wedding yeah yeah your your life when you have multiple kids just becomes logistics all you're doing 24 <laughs> 7 is just logistics like i talked to my wife I'm like you taking the train into work today yeah okay all right i'm gonna drop the girls off and then pick them up you taking the train Wednesday? No. Okay. You're going to drop the girls off. And then I'm going to, it's like, it's like putting puzzle pieces together every week just to do like any like stupid thing. And how you know? far, how far apart are they in age? Um, um, oh, a little more than two years, two and a half years. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to be less than two years. If another person says to me two under two and then laughs, like I might punch them in the throat. Yeah. But listen, man, you, you know what the nice thing is, is like when you do this media shit and you're writing about, it, you don't get too high, but you don't get too low either. I was an asshole when I would watch West Virginia football games. I'd be like a miserable fuck for like four days after they lost. And I'd be like, like, I'd be just be terrible to be around. You know, I mean, I was driving to a concert with my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time. I was just checking for score updates on the phone. It's like Geno Smith versus Texas. And I'm like, fuck, they gave up another touchdown. She's, when like, I was, she's like, do you want to go to the show or not? Or are you just glued to your phone watching the, the game or what? I was like, All right, when nice. I was uh, in high school, uh, I guess I was probably, a, I want to say a junior. And um, they, the Eagles play the Bucks and they lose. And that's the, the 02 championship game, January of 03. And my girlfriend at the time, uh, it was like their junior winter dance or something like that. I don't even know if it wasn't like a prom, but it was some dance. It was like somewhat formal and it was on a Sunday night and we were off the next day from school. And uh, I remember just being miserable the entire time I was there. And I was like, obviously like 16, 17 years old. So I had like a built in excuse. Like I let that game like impact the rest of my like day, my night, yeah. like yeah. probably the next like year really. Yeah. And I still yeah. haven't really gotten over that. Like the Eagles lost on Christmas Eve in like a, a generally meaningless game with their backup quarterback. And that pissed me off. Like that took a little shine off my Christmas because I'm an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> At nah. least like I'm aware of the fact that I'm an asshole. I'm like, this is completely ridiculous and no way yeah. to respond to a meaningless week 16 or week 15 game, whatever it yeah. was. Yeah. But I have not like matured enough to get beyond. But that's that. the key. Most of us don't mature enough to get beyond it, but some of us have the self-awareness <laughs> part of it and other people don't. Yeah. Luckily I've moved beyond the self-awareness with my college teams, but you know, I, I have become numb and jaded. To... Now I don't want people to take that the wrong way and be like, I don't give a shit about the Eagles. No, I, I want the Eagles to win, but I don't get like depressed when they lose, you know, it's just, yeah. you, you get kind of, you know, when you're in the me- when you're in the quote unquote the media or whatever, like you're, you you yeah. don't really care about that stuff anymore, which is usually a good thing. So, uh, well, we care about uh, Sunday Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's going to be a great game. We're going to have um, Pagan's going to be back on Thursday. I think Mike K is going to join us on Thursday, nice. so we'll do more uh, just straight up football talk. We'll break down the game, uh, Super Bowl Fifty. Talking to Mike K uh, briefly on on Saturday night about shrinking on Apple TV. Oh yeah. Jesus. Eagle and Harrison Ford. Good show, by the oh, way. I just signed up for Apple TV for the yeah. first time, by the way. I did not want to, but I have to because the MLS games are on there. And I hate the fact that I had to give those bastards my money. I couldn't even sign up properly. Couldn't yeah, even- I, I, love, I love Ted Lasso. I could see you being the guy that resents Ted Lasso because it's like it like kind of like plays on on like the lowest common mm. denominator emotions and yeah, yeah. Soccer, but like you're you're such like a soccer guy that like I can maybe maybe, but I didn't I didn't get offended by the like you know the Wrexham shit right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like I didn't get a because people were fake offended by that because they're like oh well ESPN's 
putting all these resources into like going and doing a Wrexham game in Wales, but they don't give a shit about MLS. I'm like, I can't, I get offended by that. Like it's a, like two Hollywood superstars are involved in this team. It's like an amazing story. And like, if my dad watches Wrexham and then like gets into the Philadelphia union. Okay. Like I, some people were like, butthurt. Yeah. I watched the, uh, I guess the uh, FX or whatever it's called. um, The station, uh, welcome to Wrexham, the documentary that they did. It's kind of like a PR documentary, but it's, it's, pretty yeah. good but no it's, um, it's, i wasn't like oh people are people are like you know shitting on mls because they want to watch Wrexham and stuff it's like a once in a one in a million like storyline of of ryan reynolds and rob mcelenny buying a team i'm not going to be like offended by by that you know well so what's the what's the real quick because i i won't be on thursday what's the real quick uh early indication on on the super bowl are you are you like hey eagles it's in the bag like last second field goal like what are you looking at here Eagles are better in the trenches, man. They've got the better offensive line. They've got the better defensive line. Casey's defensive line is actually underrated. Um, yeah. But <clears throat> the Eagles have like, the like, defensive player of the year on the interior. So, I mean, that, there is something to be said for that. As yeah, much as exactly. you about Bosa, Bosa, Bosa. I mean, Chiefs have, have something pretty good coming at you here too. Yeah, now, so. yeah Chris Jones. And they've got you – know, but Karloftis is a rookie. Um, Frank Clark is a veteran. You know, uh, yeah. Carlos Dunlap is 33 years old. I mean, they're good, but 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 like – the, the Eagles have three pro bowlers in the offensive line, two pro bowl alternates. Um, the Chiefs have two, three pro bowlers, one alternate, and then a guy who's given up nine sacks. It's, right it's, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah Wiley on, on the right side. Um, yeah. You get to this point, and, and we started to touch on this at the very beginning, and I know we're wrapping up here soon, but oh, one thing that's really um, – I kind of like cringe as I talk about the Super Bowl because people say, well, what do you think? And just beyond like the score, you try to rationalize your way through it. Like, what are we looking at? This stuff gets talked to death so much that what you just said is is spot on about the advantage on the defensive and offensive lines. You know, Hassan Reddick's a matchup problem. Can the Chiefs hold down the Eagles run game? Obviously, Mahomes. I mean, Jason said it earlier when we were talking, uh, you know, but Mahomes is the X factor. But I just feel like we're all saying the same shit. So, like, you say to me, like, well, what do you think about the Eagles? I would have said the exact same thing you just said. And then I kind of get in my head, and I'm like, are we looking at the right – like, is there something we're not looking at? Is there some yeah, angle yeah. about this game that we're not talking about that's super obvious that come Monday morning we should have known about? Like, it's just we weird for everybody to – yeah, in general, to be in agreement on anything, you know, especially with the climate in the, the non-sports climate in this country right now. It's very uncomfortable when everybody agrees on something, you know what I mean? Like, holy shit, what is this? This is weird, but – no, I don't. I think it's like, you know, there isn't like really some overarching look. I mean, nobody knows about Mahomes' ankle, really. I mean, their receivers are kind of banged up a little bit, but there's no, I mean, you remember going into 2005, we heard about Terrell Owens every friggin' day, man. Like, is he going to be able to play? Is he going to, I mean, there's no like huge, massive like variable that we're monitoring over a 24 hour consistent period right. to say, like, hey, oh, you know. Uh, he got a you know a shot in his he got a cortisone shot. Okay, now he's the line moves one point this way. I mean, if for for I guess what I'm trying to say is like all the storylines with the Super it's Bowl the matchups. Yeah. So it's linear. It's linear, right? You know what I mean? It's like okay, the trenches and Casey's probably got the better quarterback and the better tight end, and and their defense is pretty good. With the Eagles' defense is better. I don't know. I just I feel like pretty confident about them going into this. You know. Yeah, my my one thing is is when you look at the odds and you look at Eagles one and a half, and I know I think it was Joe DeCamera saying like I don't understand why they're not favored by more. You know, they're they're the better team. Like they should be favored by three four points. Right. I look at it and I say like people want to bet on the Chiefs. Like the, the Eagles are a public team too. I mean, a lot of money generally does come in on the Eagles, but when you have a quarterback, it's like the Aaron Rodgers thing for the last 15 years. When you get a quarterback that is, is clearly the best player on the field, a team that scores a lot of points, they always draw a lot of betting action. And I actually think right now, given that the Eagles are, are favored and, and albeit only by a point and a half at most sports books, I think that that is an indication that the Eagles are, are, are clearly the superior team. Because Patrick Mahomes demands and commands so much of that betting juice, typically, so right. I think it's somewhat revealing. Um, in it's a just way. strange, man. The only thing that I can think of that we're missing, or not even missing, but not paying enough attention to, is the fact that they knocked Purdy out of the game. So that really wasn't a game. They beat the shit out of the Giants. So that really wasn't a game. I mean, because the thought all year long was like, okay, the Chiefs have had to beat Herbert twice. 
They've had to play Burrow. They've had to play Josh Allen. They had the harder schedule and they had to play the better quarterbacks. I think like everybody kind of thought in the back of their mind that if the Eagles do make it to the Super Bowl, the, AF, the team that comes out of the AFC will probably be a slight favorite. Right. So I don't know. Maybe we're just – maybe we have to be cautious of the way that the Niners game and the Giants game turned out um, and not get like too overconfident because those were blowouts and maybe we weren't expecting to be blowouts. But other than that, man, I don't know. I think we've been able to keep it like pretty – pragmatic and down the middle i just look at the, each of the position units and i'm like i think casey's got the advantage of quarterback tight end and head coach and uh, I, I, I just know, the I, one I, thing i kind of keep coming back to like is when i you know obviously i feel that they're going to win the game the one thing that i do kind of have in the back of my mind though i understand how the games played out against both the giants and 49ers they did not have to throw the ball down the field and make consistent chunk plays can they do that? Like, I know they can do it. I've seen them do it, but they haven't done it in a long time with a consistent, you know, with any consistency. We haven't really seen Jalen Hurts do that with consistency since probably the middle of December. So, and again, like they didn't have to throw the ball against the Giants. They didn't have to throw the ball against the 49ers. I would have been disappointed had they done that in the second halves of those games. But it's been so long since we've really seen them be a dynamic passing offense that though I believe that matchups are there, I, I think that they're going to be able to exploit those matchups. I expect Jalen Hurts to play well, but there is part of me that's like, we have not seen that for some time. Is it going to be there if they need it? You know, I think it will yeah. be, but that's the one one part of this game that I feel like we're maybe being a little bit too matter of fact about that. Yeah. You know what? AJ Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas got it. These guys are absolutely going to go off. Yeah. We'll yeah. I'm not saying that it's going to be like a, 2018 all over again where Tom Brady puts up 500 yards, but I think it's going to be like a back and forth kind of thing. I think there's going to be touchdowns that are traded. I'm Jonathan Gannon's biggest supporter on here, the Q Gannon shaman, of course. But, you know, I mean, he's not playing Brock Purdy and he's not playing Daniel Jones. So to me, I'm really, really interested to see how they, how they, they come out in this game, get, win the toss and take the friggin' ball, you know, go down and do that. That's what I want to see him, see him do more than anything. And try to get some momentum there because Andy, as you know, has, has always been very good at scripting his first drive and all that shit. So we can get more into that later. But um, like I said, Thursday, Mike's coming on. Uh, Pagan will be back. Bob, you were always invited on to talk about anything, by the way. Don't feel like you are only a baseball. baseball well, I'll tell you player. what, you have a, if, if you have a parade sometime next week, yeah. the day after that, I think you're looking at uh, good old P's and C's, pitchers and catchers, right after that. Man, so, holy shit. We don't even get a break around here. Yeah, it's, it starts next week. Late oh. next week is revving up. So here right. we go. Well, Super Bowl coming up this week. Thanks for coming on, man. Hopefully, my, right, roof, man. My, hopefully my roof doesn't leak this time around. Thank <laughs> you, everybody. for Thank you, everybody, for joining. <laughs>